Well, uh, if you talk to the average teenager of today and you ask them what it is about pop culture that they like, and they'll, the first thing they'll say is the beat. Get yourself Welcome into the Pop Culture Pile Driver. My name is Jason Rossi. You can follow us along over on Twitter at PopCultureTV. If you want to follow me for whatever stupid reason that may be, you can follow me at Jason D. Rossi. And with me, as always, is my tag team partner right here in the podcast sphere and streaming, wherever you're finding us. He goes by the Twitter handle of at BillyD2411. He seems to have some dust on his chest or something. He is Billy D. What's going on, man? Getting the dirt off my shoulder. I actually just pulled this out of the closet, haven't worn it in a while. So, um, yeah, that's that. Uh, long, long day for me, as I assume for you. You're looking a little disheveled yourself. Uh, I look great. Get... <laughs> I look great. I am ready. Woo! I've been doing this all day. My personality's on as a 10 and my personal life's a 2, but who cares? We're ready to have some fun. Indeed. Uh, I'm very excited for this. I'm not a big wrestling fan anymore. As you probably know. Oh, I'm not. It's suck, it, yeah, Shirtless suck. Roman Reigns is doing it for me, though. I'm not going to lie. Shirtless is about to do it now. No, I have two weeks in a row, three weeks in a row, four weeks in a row. But shirtless, exposed boobies. I might pop the top tonight. I'm feeling loose. Maybe our guest will. We'll get to him in just a few. Someone's popping a top tonight, baby. We just don't know who. Better than the debate. All right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Bill, we have a ton to get to today. Obviously, if you're joining us, much appreciate that. Don't forget, you can subscribe on iTunes. Leave a five, 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 five time, five time, five, 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 five star review, please. It would help us go where we need to be in front of people. Uh, it is at Pop Culture Pile Driver. Also, also, you can uh, find us anywhere you get podcasts, including now Amazon Music. They've just started doing um, podcasts. So whether you're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts, we are there. Search Pop Culture Pile Driver. It's three words, PCP, if you know what I mean. Uh, also, Bill, you can find us on Facebook, a part of the hashtag DorkSharedGooniverse. If you don't know how to spell that, because I don't either, just search Dork and then Shared. I think you can spell those two words. Um, I think that's it for those plugs, Bill. What's, uh, oh, recap last week, Bill. <laughs> uh, we had a wacky one, didn't we? Yeah, it was quite the week. Um, Davey kind of, he was pretty mean to us. He was mean. He had some cheap shots at you. Uh, I actually think Davey and I are quite alike. We uh, both do everything, as he said, gross motor righty, but fine motor lefty. Uh, <laughs> share a lot of the same opinions on music and stuff. But man, he took some cheap shots at us, at you. And rightfully so, he was the Rossi uh, horrible take of the week for calling Blink-182 a one-hit wonder. And I did some research. I uh, cut a video that's really just for the DSG about his take. It was all over the place. And then he recanted his take unbelievably on the Dork Podcast. Go listen to that as he was a flipping and a flopping, a uh, bipping and a bopping. And, and he admitted that it's not a one-hit wonder. He also said he did it despite you for taking Chameleon Air with the first pick, which was not your first pick. Your first pick was Dexy's Midnight Runners. And then he said that he leaned into it, even though he took three other actual one-hit wonders, which is just insanity. So if you're going to lean into it, lean into it. He didn't lean into it. Then he recanted it. It was all over the place, but I love Davey. He won the poll. And I think besides Blink-182 and Janis Joplin, the Nag My Sharona, which I probably should have taken over. Oh, um, I'm so pissed, Bill. Vanessa I haven't slept Carlton. all week. Vanessa I, Carlton? I, yeah, you Vanessa Carlton. I didn't sleep <laughs> oh, all I week. Mean. I didn't sleep all week because of that. I mean, I was going to take it, but I honestly thought Vanessa Carlton was a one-hit wonder. Turns out, not even close. Nah, she got three. 
She got three, but uh, my buddy did play me the houses song, whatever the hell it was, yellow houses, brick walls. Uh, no, no, white little like white houses or whatever. White houses. She talks never about- heard it. Never heard it before. Did you I'm hear it? She oh yeah, she, about- yeah, yeah. It's a good song. It's a banger. She's actually Bill. totally give her credit. I should have taken the knack my Sharona in that spot, but I think his worst take, the actual worst take, <laughs> is he said Jake won tipsy. What what is that? And also. I mean, if you don't like Metro Station, shake, 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 shake it. I don't know what your problem is. That is a fun song. That's a good song for teens, tweens, guys in blue jeans. Everybody loves that song. <laughs> I can't. I can't agree. I mean, I can't disagree. I dig it. I've, I'm, you know, I, I like different ver- versions of music. It was a really fun podcast, nonetheless. Listen, that the heat that my that has been on my back, but I feel a little bit better. I feel a little bit better. I feel a little more vindicated. Um, we'll lay out for confessional vindicated. That could be a one hit wonder, technically. No, they had hits, dude. They had Hands Down is one of the best Crush songs. Oh, it really is. Hands in the floor. That's a great build song, too. I don't know what you just sang, but... Ah, whatever it is. But nonetheless, we're not here to talk music. Uh, Bill, I don't know what you're drinking. You're fired up, too, but... uh... Uh, I actually got told by, you know, uh, 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 somebody at my work to go have a few beers after the day I had. Okay. Uh, It's been a rough day. Well, listen, we're only going to lift your spirits in this one. You did mention not as big of a wrestling guy as you were before, but real quick, Bill, let's get into the Rossi Wrestling Minute. Sit here, stop watch. It's time for the Rossi Wrestling Minute. All right, Bill. So, this I, I never would tell you. I promise you. I will tell you when things are what I think worth your time. We have a guest who, who, who tells you about basically what's trash and what we see a lot of on a week-to-week basis. But the Sami Zayn, AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy triple threat ladder match for the IC title, there was two up there, I don't want to get into the whole storyline for you, was Bill, one of, I think has been the match of quarantine. I've hyped up a lot, I really liked, I know months back, I liked Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre as a title match, but this, this Bill is literally the one of the better ladder matches, the more creative finishes, I don't even want to tell you much about it, aside from the fact of, take the, I don't even think it was that long, it might have been 23 minutes most, awesome match, completely worth your time, three absolute of the best in the biz, on in the match i'm not a big jeff hardy guy come 2020 but sammy Zayn was incredible aj styles he can do no wrong and it was just a perfect mix you definitely got to get out of your way to see that from clash of champions so i buy that more than your finn balor uh bay bay match which i saw <laughs> and it was fine it was good it was a good match but this one i can actually 100 believe because i think aj styles one of the top performers that's ever lived up there with you know the best of the best of the best with honor sir and then Sami Zayn, when he's going, there's really nobody else like him. He had probably one of the greatest matches in NXT history. You were oh, there. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I think it was Shinsuke Nakamura's first ever match in the WWE slash NXT. So I believe that. And Jeff Hardy, I saw the video clip of him doing a swanton old school <laughs> on the ladder. So he's still bringing the heat at some points in matches. And he always kind of knew how to work a match. He does go through the motions a little bit, but I love him. So I'll watch that. Yeah, I'll watch the it- shit out of that. It's really good. I don't know. Like, I'm not huge on like star ratings. Obviously, we all do it. Like, that's kind of the fun. Dave Meltzer kind of started that. But he, I don't know what it got, but it deserves. If if I were ever to read into what a rating is, this deserves a five star rating. It was that damn good. Uh, Dave Meltzer can also eat a D because uh, he did not create. He created it in wrestling, but he stole it from I don't know restaurants, hotels, movies. Like he didn't create the five star rating. He just did it, and it was probably six stars if it was in the Tokyo Dome. So. He's gone seven stars there too. But nonetheless, Bill, we're here today to talk about wrestling. And we're talking about finishing moves. Now, there could be a thousand of them. There could be a million finishing moves. We narrowed this down to 25 for two reasons. One, time. 
Like how much we could go on forever and we, we can size, we put some lists together and this, these are the ones we came up with, but we can't do it alone, Bill with September sweeps this is the final time for a September sweeps. It's going to be in a way it's going to be refreshing to just do a podcast with you in the future, but I'm super excited to bring this guy in. Uh, this is a guest that we have talked about doing teaming up with this other podcast for years technically things just haven't worked out we're still on at full we're not full voltron here we're getting our way there but i'm super excited to bring in the man who spits the super hot fire each week when it comes to the jobber knocker it is jc of the jobber knocker job podcast jc what's up man how we doing boys look head, at this headband and tank top i absolutely wow. love it <laughs> the celtics lost on sunday we're back to quarantine jc man <laughs> I love that. Um, well, first off, congrats on um, on your your podcast being one of the go tos for us now with wrestling. You know, we used to both do the same kind of thing. We both mm-hmm. balance each other out now. If for those who don't, who still huge wrestling fans that are listening to us, please go over there, subscribe to the Job and Knocker. Uh, JC, real quick, what did you guys talk about this week? Oh, what didn't we talk about this week? We obviously <laughs> gave the complete breakdown of Clash of Champions and boys right on the money triple threat ladder match. Come on, that's awesome, but. You know, there was a little bit of Jerry Springer action on Raw. I don't know if you boys caught it, but uh, I'm a big fan of the Mysterio family drama. Nestlemania, not so much. So that's always a good listen. Yeah, I'm already scared. So I, I'm obviously Nestle couldn't be with us tonight. We'll definitely hook up with you guys again, especially as we get to. Um, it's it's a political season. And me and Bill have talked a little bit about some debates because it's odd enough. I've never met Nestle. I think I've seen him in passing once. And Billy always says, "Oh, you two would like it would be like a oh, love hate yeah. relationship because we're like very alike, but probably hate that about each other." But I can say that what you just described already is my feeling. Like I, I'm all about what's going on with this Rey Mysterio family drama, mm-hmm. but I'm also like, do I really need this right now? Do yes, I you need do. this? You need the trash. You need the but trash the pro- mixed in. I, I just miss I miss Raw Underground. That's that was my real sad. Where, where was Raw Underground this week? They had a COVID outbreak, unfortunately. It sounds like <laughs> whole underground. The whole underground. Got a the whole underground had COVID. Shane McMahon too. So. Oh yeah. boy, well, it is not. sad that's that not real. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it, is sad. it is sad Nestle couldn't be here because you guys would be two peas in a really annoying pod together. But uh literally a pod actually. But he's got his own tag team he's gotta take care of at home, so he's quite busy mm-hmm. at all times. Yeah. But uh, you know, uh we got the super hot fire in uh JC here. So uh one of my PICs back in the day at my old job, and it's a pleasure to have him here right now. I'm yes. thrilled, boys. I'm thrilled. Partner in crime. Oh, partner. And just so you guys know, real quick background, we'll get into this tier list in just a moment. I looked, we texted each other we're on this text chain. We had a text going in 2017 when me and Billy were first flirting with doing a podcast. Oh, I remember this. And uh, there's some, there's somewhere on a SoundCloud out there. If you're so bored with your life um, <laughs> that if you want to look up, I don't even know what we call Clobbering it. time. Oh, Bill, with a memory, clobbering time. I bought the website, clobberingtime.com. It's still ours. All right. Well, we can we can figure that out another day. But yeah, we recorded a couple Saturdays, hung out a bit, uh, had some fun. So it's uh, it's it's first time being put out to the masses, but it's super excited for it. So, And now it's time for the main event. Here's the rules. Now I have to be very clear concise, <laughs> right? Rules are this. We're going to go through 25 finishers. We're going to come up with the three of us to say where we think it fits. The, uh, let me see if I can pop this on the screen. I've never done this with three people, so it should be interesting what this looks like. But um, if I'm not on the screen or somebody comes off the screen, not a big deal. It's an audio podcast somewhat. Oh, I think we can. Uh, can I put a screen on? All right. So what's going to happen is we are going to go through all 25 of the, um, if you would, sorry, I have to 
stall for a second. Um, we have to go through all 25 of them. We're each going to pick where they fall in what category. I'll pull it up in a second. And then at the very end, JC, Billy, and myself will be able to pull one up a rank or down a rank. So JC, let's, for instance, let's just use Sweet Chin Music. It, it's trash, let's just say. And you're like, absolutely not. I cannot live with myself if that's the case. You can pull it up one rank. You can't pull it from the bottom all the way to the top, but you can move it up a category. And then one that you think is should be dropped down, you can do that at the end. And that will be them the rules. Any question? You can't triple stamp a double stamp. Oh, yeah, what I mean by that is if I move one up, you can't then move it down. And I, I tried to do that last time and Rossi called BS. So yeah, I've, well, that, that is now. two of us combine our forces to overrule the person's move up. Uh-huh. He doesn't like that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do don't bring any more controversy to this goddamn podcast. We are the I've official been... uh podcast of controversy. I know that uh Change My Mind is the official podcast of like 90 things. So uh, we can be that. If you want to know where we're really, we're the official podcast of our other co-work, our other podcast friends' wives. That's what we really are. Wives love our <laughs> podcast. They do. We are, we are the official wives podcast. Um, all right. How does this look on the visual? Does it look any good? Too close? Too distant? I love it. I like it. Okay. I really okay. kind of dig it. Okay. So here's going to be the deal. I'm going to, I'm going to start up. I'll, I'll say the finishing move. Then you guys can kind of say, okay, where do we think this thing kind of fits in this? So the four categories are Hall of Fame, Main Event, Kick Out at Two, and then Jobber. You can mm. kind of tear that as you feel. It's a it's an O to you, JC. So all right, let's get into it. The first one on this list is Bro Kick. JC, I'll go to you. Where do you feel Bro Kick deserves to fit? So this is the type of finisher that I like because it's effective and it can come out of nowhere. That's always a duo that I like to put together. Uh, so for me, I'm going to put it in main event because I okay. think it's an upper tier finisher. Bill, what about you? You're not going to get a whole lot of argument from me on a main event. I do initially think kick out at two, but Sheamus, obviously great guy, great uh, wrestler, one of the best move sets in the entire WWE without right. question. Uh, when I did this in my head, when I picked which would go where, I kind of did a bunch of different things together. How good does a guy do it? How attainable is it for somebody to do? Can you do it on everybody? And then, like, another thing I did is, like, the guy who's doing it, like, the cool factor behind him and how much you believe in him. And then, finally, like, the the selling that the other person can do. So this is a main event level move, I would say. Yeah, I don't really have much argument. Uh, I, I almost could make an odd argument for Hall of Fame, but there's so many we're going to get to, and I don't like, you know, giving too high of ratings on things, but... The bro kick, I think JC, JC said it really well. It it looks good. It come, can come out of nowhere. It's super effective. It shouldn't be, and it's been relatively treated well in WWE lore. There's not a ton of like kickouts aside from when Sheamus had his main event run, especially over the last like two years or a year at least since he's returned. So we'll put that starting at main event. Up next, Seth Rollins. I don't know much others that used it. Curb Stomp. Billy, we'll start with you on this one. I'm going to go kick out at two. It's a nice move. I don't think you can pull this off all of the time. It's he's I, you guys know my feelings with mm -hmm. Seth Rollins and JC's mm -hmm. a little bit here with me on this one. He's vastly overrated. He's mm -hmm. the Gordon Hayward of wrestling, if you will, Ooh. or the Brick Stevens of wrestling, if Ooh. you will, to get to my hot takes on basketball. Jeez. But yeah. it comes out of it doesn't really come out of nowhere. The even the thing he had against Randy Orton at WrestleMania, it was spectacular. But like, yeah, oh, awesome. is that believable? No. So I think it's oh, a wait. kick out of two. 
Uh, wait, real quick. Believable? We're going to have the believable argument? That was one of the most incredible finishes of a match, especially outdoor. The way that looked. That you can't visual. flick your head and send a guy flying in the air. The, are you, you Randy can't. Orton? Have you seen the traps on that dude? I have. He's I strong. Have. He's strong. All right, JC, where do you put it? So this one for me was teetering between the middle two. I, as Billy said, I'm a Seth Rollins hater, even though I do love what he's doing right now, which is crazy. Mm. But... Uh, <laughs> So when I look at the curb stomp, this move is just downright disrespectful. Because can you think of more thing, something more disrespectful than curb stomping someone? So for me, that kind of puts it up a tier because I'm all about the disrespect and the fuck you. So main event is what I'd put it. I, I was leaning towards kick out at two. I'll give you. I'll we'll put it to main event. Uh, just I have no other argument for it. I think I, I like the move. Uh, yes, it is vastly uh, disrespectful, but we'll get into another one. This is kind of an old school as a finisher. You see a lot of modern wrestlers using it more as setup moves or off the ropes. It is the DDT. And for me, I'll start with this one. I find it to be one of the greatest finishers of all time. I think just the execution of it, especially early going back to Jake the Snake, all the way coming up to whatever name you want to call it at this point with Dean Ambrose, now John Moxley using it. I just find it to be a good looking DDT, Randy Orton does off a second rope. That looks cool. I'm not ready to call it a main of uh, Hall of Famer, even though I really could make that argument. I, I realistically feel like this one's going to slip down the line, ranks, but I'm going to say main event. Bill, what about you? Jobber. Total jobber move. Oh. Anything, Any move that Dean Ambrose does is a jobber <laughs> move. I like Jake the Snake Roberts, but this is where wrestling was in the 1980s. And funny story, Jake the Snake Roberts made this move by a mistake. He had a guy hooked to bring up for a suplex, he fell, and then the guy got hurt, so he pinned him one, two, three, and that's how this move became a thing. It's a great move, but now it's been so overused that it's kind of like, eh, it's a jobber move. It's done in the middle of matches now. All right, JC, split the difference. What do you got? So I don't agree with Billy uh, just ripping on Moxley and Ambrose. That's not the reason why I have it where it is, but <laughs> let's think about, especially in modern wrestling, modern wrestling, what type of superstars use the DDT as finisher? They're jobbers. This is a jobber finish. And you said it right there. Randy Orton uses it as a setup move. So it can't definitely be in the top two tiers. It has to be in the bottom two. And for me, especially when we're looking at a lot of the ones we're looking at today, it has to go in the jobber category for me. Okay. Two say jobber. We're going to lean it there. Maybe I'll save it later. All right. Next up. This one was interesting. This one I almost took off the list, but I'm, I, I'm intrigued Ooh. at what everyone thinks. I almost did. I almost did. Because at 25, I, we could do this all day. Uh, this is Baron Corbin's. I don't think anybody else has used this as well. It's the end of days. Uh, JC, we'll start with you. So you know who's a big Baron Corbin guy? Uh, you. This guy. <laughs> you know what move has never been kicked out of ever in WWE? Ooh. The end of days. So how can this not be? You ready for this? Oh, Hall gosh. of Fame. It is the legitimate, most legitimate finisher there is because no one's ever kicked out of it. It's indisputable. It's a pretty move. I remember when this guy debuted at NXT, yeah. and I'm like, who's this big oof with the goofy hair and the weird tummy? And then I saw the move, <laughs> I was just like, in awe. So you know what? Until someone kicks out of it, I don't think you can argue against it. Hall of Fame. <laughs> Baron Corbin is a stud of studs. He's a heel of heels. He's oh. king of kings, in my opinion. Oh. I love this man. And as JC said, this is one of the more protected moves they've ever had. And that's another factor you have to consider with finishers. Is it protected? No one has ever kicked out of this move. Not to mention all of his other moves, vicious. I love watching this guy perform. He can work with anybody. I'll put it right in that middle line between Hall of Famer and main event. And I'm going to make you make the tough call here, Rossi. Well, where it goes. 
You're going to make it easy on me then because I'm putting it as main event. I can't. I just can't put a Baron Corbin move. With all due respect, I am a big t- I was a big time Baron Corbin fan. I just feel like his character has just sucked everything into like this odd, awkward middle card position. Not his fault, not the performer. But knowing that he's no one's ever kicked out of it is such an interesting fact. I just still can't put it to the Hall of Fame. And, and still, there's something that irks me about that being the final move ever done on Kurt Angle in his career. I'm just. It's, oh, I loved it. I loved oh. it. That's how you make champions. That's how but you it make hasn't great worked. people. It hasn't. It hasn't. Well, because they left it up on the way out. But you like that's what Kurt Angle's job is when he comes back is to put people like Baron Corbin over. And does he still do that ridiculous intro where he's the son of this Golden Glove boxer? No, no, no. Awesome. I love. Now that. he just comes out in the freaking king thing, getting carried yeah. out. I still love it. It is a little overdone. I agreed, but. I they, this this that went over Kurt Angle legitimized Corbin and look at the feuds oh. he had since he became the SmackDown's top heel. Him and Roman Reigns had a lot of feud. Whether you liked it or not, yeah, it I elevated know. him to that spot where he needed to be. Yeah, I, I also just like Kurt Angle kind of crapped on him during the Stone Cold podcast. It was like, yeah, Baron Corbin's a good kid. I wish I had a better match. All right, anywho, uh, moving on. Next up, the F five. I think uh, I'll start this one. This is an incredible move, incredibly vicious looking move. Another one that unfortunately has kind of died a little bit of its, its luster. It, they built it up to be the strongest move after uh, Brock Lesnar regained the title at WrestleMania 33. He literally ran through everybody, just beating them with one F5, eventually to come against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 34. We kicked out of, I feel like, 17 of them. The move, it was just a WrestleMania 2000 finishers move. Uh, match and so it's kind of diluted a little bit but to me it's still one of the best looking especially for a guy like Brock Lesnar how big and strong he is it just looks vicious dangerous he just throws his opponents around uh I, I want to say Hall of Fame here but I'm gonna put main event JC what about you yeah I'm with you main event uh the F5 I've always loved because I love Lesnar I think it's great but I think every reason you brought up is why it can't be Hall of Fame because it's just it's been kicked out of too much at this point it is a very good move but there's something about it that just doesn't make it elite of elite for me yeah, it's not super out of nowhere. He'll catch guy here and there. I think the reversals out of it have actually been a little bit more exciting over the years. It's a great move, not protected at all anymore. Like, not even a little bit. As you said, they kick out furiously out of it. And it's basically, I, I'm able to do this to, you know, smaller people in pools, and I have video evidence <laughs> of me being out of that. Yeah, it's not that hard of a move to pull off. It is impressive when he does it to a huge guy like a Big Show or a Mark Henry. But yeah, it's a main event level. And obviously Brock Lesnar is a Hall of Famer, but I don't think this is one of those finishers you think about when you think about a huge crowd pop for hitting a finisher. Yeah, I think if if anything, it's an ooh, like is he really about to win in the time against The Undertaker when he broke the streak? It was more like, ah, he's going to kick out of this one because he already kicked out of two, but... Unfortunately, that did not happen. All right, coming up next is the five-star Frog Splash. You can even just put Frog Splash if you would, but the way Rob Van Dam does it, more more dangerous and vicious on the ribs. Billy, we'll start with you on this one. I mean, there's a lot of great people who have done this over the years. Eddie Guerrero has a really good one. D'Lo Brown, the sky, not the sky, (laughs) is the sky high or the lowdown? I forget which one it was. I think the lowdown was the powerbomb. Either way, it's a great move. The way RV does it, like where he dives a little bit angled, incredible. But to me, it's a kick out at two. Because typically RVD wasn't at the top of the card anyways all the time. He was kind of a mid-tier second card, you know, right in that intercontinental picture. It's a perfect kick out at two. He will beat lower level guys, but he's never taken off, you know, for, you know, lack of a better term, like a John Cena with this movie, even though he may have at one point. JC? 
Uh, I'm going to agree with Billy with Kick Out It 2. I really like it. I think the flashability for this move is off the charts because uh, it looks cool. It's fun. But for me, what brings it down is the effectability because you do almost as much damage to yourself as you do to them, and you got to roll back into the cover. So I think that gives it a lot of options to kick out. All right. I agree with you guys. It's nothing. I really can't add much more to it. I just love that we, you added this one because the frog splash is a great looking move. Obviously Eddie Guerrero won his title off it. I believe Rob Van Dam did hit this to win the title against John Cena. I'm not confirmed. I know edge interfered, but either way, um, but overall, I think, I think to JC's point where it hurts them just as much RVD sold that every time he would roll mm-hmm. over oh, yeah. before he pinned them. And that's the kind of stuff in wrestling that I really enjoy forgetting that you're watching something that's a dance and that you're watching an actual event. Easy, easy with your words. All right, next up, the only female finisher I believe on here, technically by, you know, created by one, it is Beth Phoenix's Glam Slam. JC, we'll start with you. So for me, I want to put this at main event. And it's because when Beth Phoenix brought this out, it is something we had never seen before in women's wrestling. It was true power. And then when she she could do it to a man, it was like, okay, this is a true finisher. Uh, so I have to put it in the main event. Billy? Didn't she have another name for this? Wasn't it the implant buster? That might have been like for a very, very small window of time. It was the same thing. Like this is something Victoria did very shortly, mm-hmm. but not with the like the impact of the slam. Victoria mm-hmm. just kind of like dropped the opponent down. I um, mean, Beth Phoenix is, you know, I'm super jealous of Edge. She's one of those beautiful thick ladies that I like. <laughs> I would give it, you know, Right in that area of like that midline of kick out to a main event. There's a lot of, I know this is the only female finisher, so I'll just get my honorable mentions out of the way. There's some great ones. The Eclipse by Ember Moon. Love it. I mean, yep. if you yeah. haven't seen it, she's not at that level yet where it's kind of been established. But if you don't know what it is, that was in the hype video for this podcast, go check it out. But I think, yeah, I would say 75% main event for me. So it's, it really is tough being the only female finisher on here. Obviously we didn't, you know, the, another finisher that's a spoiler will not be on here is like an elbow drop, which I thought Kyrie Sane kind of made incre- like just look incredible for a female finisher. Hers is a hall of fame. Everybody else is like CM Punk's is, and I know it's not his finisher, but he gives the worst one ever. And that's all I'll tell you that. Oh, that's and Macho man. Like that's awesome. It was just, there's a lot of good moves out there that we didn't quite didn't reach that level, but this one, maybe I'm being biased. Maybe I'm being a little sexist, but you're right. This changed the game for female finishes. Also to Jay-Z's point, like this was at a time when women wrestling was like five minutes, go grab a, go grab a drink. Like if you're there or if you're, it's a, it's a let me down semi main event, just because you, you just saw your other co-main event, but she made legitimacy out of that women's division or the best she could uh, in the very early stages of when women's wrestling started to teeter back towards legitimacy. So I'll give it the hall of fame, not as well. So we'll, we'll put it up there for now, Bill, you can decide to move that later if you will. Um, so next up is you mentioned the man CM Punk. It's the go to sleep. I'll start with this one. I have a tough time. Because I don't necessarily love the finish, but I love everything about it, if that makes any sense. I love the setup. I like that it was CM Punk's finisher because when you look at him, his body type, aside from, you know, submissions, like what other moves can he do that really like could make you believe he's about to win the match against a bigger opponent? And I think that was executed well. I think overall, it's one of those ones that we've seen just not used well since he's departed. I know it's was Hideo Itami, Kenta's finisher in New Japan. He kind of brought it out in WWE for a little while, was getting kicked out of. So, unfortunately, I'm going to put this one down to the kick out at two. What do you say, JC? Uh, I'm right on the line of main event and kick out at two, but I'd probably lean closer to kick out at two. Um, I don't have much to add on this one, but from what you said, because, I, again, 
I know, I know exactly what you're saying where you don't really love the move, but you love the idea of the move and what happens with it. Like I love the knee part, but it does need a little bit of setup. And it's one of those moves where it, he can't, like a guy like CM Punk couldn't always do it on everyone. So that always makes it a little tough for me. Don't love it. I would actually go all the way to Jobber because one, he stole it. Two, as <laughs> I said before, with the elbow drop, he doesn't really execute. He executes everything so beautifully in the ring. One of the greatest wrestlers of all time, except when he's doing the elbow drop and this. I don't believe that this finisher knocks people out, especially the way he gives it. It's like when when John Cena puts people on the, the STFU where he's like not <laughs> even really holding on to him. He sometimes just goes through the motion of it. So I don't really love this move. I thought CM Punk could have had something maybe like the Daniel Bryan running knee would have been a little more effective for him with his background in, you know, martial arts and all that stuff. So I'm going to give it jobber. So maybe we put it at kick out at two. Just to yeah, we'll let it even. Yeah, we'll sit it, kick, kick out at two. So the next one is, I don't think anybody did it better. So I guess I would call it Goldberg's jackhammer, JC. So this is a move that you can say what you want about Goldberg, but this move is devastating. It looks devastating. It's a sight to behold. He literally did to everyone, even the big guys. So for me, I think that makes it main event. Bill, what do you say? Easy main eventer. I mean, you go back and watch the DDP video about him describing how he wrestled. Um, he had to wrestle around how bad of a performer Goldberg was, but he did everything at 150%. He would get people up, and then he'd let them go sometimes and catch them if they were small enough and fucking slam them. It was an impressive-ass move. Every time he did it, it was a spectacle. He did it to um, you know, the Giant at the time. He did it for Kevin Nash, I mean, it was a, he is just a physical freak. So I think it's easy main eventer. If it was a little more out of nowhere, it would be Hall of Fame. See, to me, I think I wouldn't want this to be out of nowhere because I think Goldberg, the way his character and everything set up, like the spear was that awesome setup move. You knew it was coming. I'd argue this could be Hall of Fame outside of, and it's so hard and I don't want this to be the case, but that Undertaker near-death experience out of the jackhammer, I don't think we're going to see, you know, he, he we did see it against Dolph Ziggler at SummerSlam like eight times. He speared him like through his shorts. You know, if you're ever in trouble, get Dolph in the ring to save somebody from embarrassing themselves. But I think that is the only reason. So I guess for now, I'm not going to make the argument. You both kind of put it there. But I could make the argument for Hall of Fame. Maybe I'll think about it as we get later. So it will fit nicely into the main event. So far, we're in this a tier list here on the Pop Culture Pile Driver. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being here. We got JC of the Jobber Knocker. Make sure you subscribe to their podcast. Uh, so up next, a very interesting one, and I'll go to JC again to start on this one. It's Big Show's KO Punch. Well, <laughs> I hate this move, man. And the the only reason why like I'm hesitant to just throw it in Jobber is because I love Lacey Evans doing it with the woman's right because I think it works a lot better. But when Big Show busted this out, it's like. Man, you got so many other moves that are fine. Why do you need this? So I'm probably putting it in kick out at two, but if you guys want to put it in jobber, you ain't getting a fight from me. I mean, uh-huh. go ahead, Bill. <laughs> take a drink. It's a jobber knocker type move. 100%. It's the dumbest move ever. When he had the greatest choke slam going, where he could literally put you about 10 yep. feet in the air, and then he would do like the slow turn on really small guys that could post on his arm and just kind of like slowly slam them to the ground. And then he went to a punch. I get it. His, his hands are the size of fucking frying pans. It would hurt, but it's wrestling. Again, I want the dance. I want a little bit more than just like, Boom. And didn't Floyd Mayweather beat him? So, like, that that's ridiculous <laughs> in itself. Like, that it's it's just mind-boggling that this was his finish. This has Vince, to me, written all over it. We're going to take the choke slam, the most devastating move you could do to somebody, and just give you a punch. 
Uh, just so you know, Bill, that's where this move came from, was that Floyd Mayweather feud. Mm-hmm. But this is one of the more pathetic moves, I think, that they created for somebody. I, I agree with you on Lacey Evans. I think it's a different scenario because Lacey Evans looks kind of like she's early in her development of her career. Have so. you seen her back? She's jacked out of her mind. She's a Marine, man. And it's a great name. It makes sense. A woman's right. That's hilarious. It works. It's a great thing. Yeah, it's perfect. And like I said, she's still developing. For a little while, we thought she was going to go with that, you know, uh, 180 moonsault as her finisher. That's kind of just part of the move repertoire. She's still within the first three years of her main event run. She can make adjustments. Big Show had one of the best choke slams, not just because how tall. The best part was he did almost this like kind of spin, almost like a 70 degree spin where he, he he took the momentum and slammed them down. Devastating looking choke slam for a finisher. Then he comes out, what, 15, almost 20 years into his career? just punching people in the face that he could do at any time. It just, I don't know what chooses not to that just killed it for me. Never and liked it. It's illegal. You're not allowed to use oh. a closed fist in professional wrestling. No well, different, different strokes, different folks. WWE doesn't know rules until they decide <laughs> to create them. AEW's trying to keep that alive, but yeah, I'm putting that at job or I don't think, you know, that, that we're keeping it there for now. How many right. times in the course of your watching wrestling and we've all yeah. at this point watched over probably 10,000 hours where you see the ref go, <laughs> Like he taps his hand and goes, what, what, come on, no open, no, no close. Yes. And that's I, his finisher. That's a disqualification. <laughs> and Bill, you know what else they brought back recently is that if you're, uh, if you're not the tagged in partner and you hit the, someone in the ring, that's now a DQ again. Uh, that's straight up 1989. They haven't, I haven't oh, seen Oh no, that. that's like, that's like before that's like 1982. It's and it's WWE's pulled it out twice in the last two months. Do you but, have to uh, hold the rope when you do the tag? No, now? that's oh, the boy. thing. That's where you get disqualified. <laughs> if you're not holding the little rope. Anywho, all right, let's go to our next one. This one is going to be interesting. The Hulk Hogan, I guess you call it atomic leg drop. Bill, we'll drop. start with you. <laughs> Jobber. I mean, this is one of the worst. <laughs> I mean, again, I could bump it up to kick out at two. I mean, obviously this guy, Mount Rushmore, number one, and it's fitting that Mount Rushmore is a little controversial now, and you know Hulk Hogan's a little controversial now, obviously. But this is the worst move ever it's legit a leg drop and he did it so much in the 80s he has back problems because you fall straight on your ass i mean just think like if somebody dropped a leg on me the yokozuna leg drop was amazing but that was just like a setup move but his like leg probably weighed around 150 pounds hulk hogan maybe 50 and you could clearly see even as a child i knew that like you know that little like like you know the bend of the knee was never hitting the face it was never believable and this was the Arguably, at the time, greatest wrestler ever. This was his finisher. KC, what do you say? Yeah, I'd probably put it in Jobber. You could convince me to throw it in a kick out of two, but I've never been a fan of this move. Yeah, it, it, it's a move that like was before the time. Like Talk about nothing that ever got kicked out of. This was like very few and far between. I think the only time I can think of was Sid Vicious in WrestleMania 8 because Papa Shango missed his cue, so he had to kick out, and what a mess of a situation that was. But outside of the protection of it, it's just not it, – it ain't – oh, Ultimate Warrior might have kicked out actually as well. But either way, it, it just – it ain't it. it is, is wrestling developed even in the late 80s, it started to look a little foolish, so – Hulk Hogan, maybe the biggest known finisher in wrestler of all time, going into the jobber category. Just all quickly, right. quickly. Please. Think about WrestleMania 3 where he fought Honoré the Giant. He picked him up and slammed him. The first person besides, you know, Kamala, which they never televised, to slam him in a ring. I'm sure other people did it too. But And then he finishes it off with a leg drop. It's like, eh, just slammed a 500-pound man. That should be, that. that's the job right there. 
<laughs> that's that's a whole lot of meat coming to the ground. All right, up next, our tag team finisher, the Doomsday Device from the Legion of Doom. JC, where do you think this one should land? Much like with the Glam Slam, since this is probably arguably the best tag team finish of all time, I'd put it in main event, but you convinced me to drop it down if you really wanted to. No, I don't want to convince you. I want you to you stand strong. I, I'll put it in main event, but this is one of those that's kind of teetering. So I'm going to pick my battles with some of these. This isn't one I'm going to fight you with. <laughs> there you go. Bill, what about you? I'd go Hall of Fame. I think this is a wow. phenomenal move. I think okay. the way they execute it, I mean, Legion of Doom kind of changed the game. It was, you know, an aerial type setup move. I know it doesn't come out of nowhere, but these guys were absolute monsters. They could pretty much do it to anybody they wanted anyways. And sometimes you'd get that extra flip. So it would look spectacular. I'm okay with main event or Hall of Fame, but I would say besides one other, you know, tag team finisher, this is it for tag team finishers. Yeah, uh, I don't think, I think this is the only one that's going to be on our list today. So what would be the other one you're speaking of? Uh, The the Dudley Death Drop. I think it's just a phenomenal, like the way they get him in a precarious position and then they hit him with the Diamond Cut slash Stunner move. That to me is it. This is, so if that's not going to be on this list, I'll put this in main event. So it's funny. I, I had it like we, I was just, we, like I said, we could have done a too million. Much. Too many. We can come back to it. We can, this could be something we come all again, but 25 different. But anyways, I, I tend to agree more towards Bill. I think this actually could be a hall of fame because it is vicious. It looks dangerous. I like, again, I know you guys kind of land on like the out of nowhere aspect of things. I don't like that. I like when a finisher is like set up because that's it. Like the match is done. You see it coming. We're over. And this one murdered a man almost. And also real quick, uh, RIP to Road Warrior Animal and Hawk. They're, they're doomsday devising many wrestlers from the 80s up in heaven right now. So uh, you both said main event. I won Hall of Fame. So we'll put in the main event for now, the doomsday device. All right, up next, this one, this is another one. I'm really intrigued by what you guys have to say, but I'm going to start it. It's The Rock's People's Elbow. Hate it. Love the setup. Love the dance. Love the the theatrics. Just hate it whenever this was the final move. The Rock Bottom was the finisher. But so many times I had to go back. I watched so many clips. No, this is is finished a lot of matches. That's my point. And I hate it. I'm like, wait, really? Like when I watch, I think it happened here in Boston when he won the title at, at King of the Ring 2000. He and, finished and, CM Punk with it on his long run. Uh, that's another one I was just about to say, and it makes me nauseous. It's like, no, the, the rock bottom is the, the devastating move. An elbow that you dance around? No, it's like the worm to me. It's it, To me, it's honestly, it's a jobber finish. I'm going to go Hall of Fame number one with a bullet because it's all about the sell. This guy, to quote Tommy Boy, a movie you gave a perfect 11 to. Don't bring it up. A ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves. It's all about the spectacle. I'm there for the spectacle. And as you saw in the video, if you watched it, that I made for this thing. And Mac from Mac and Goop pointed it out in one of our chats. The way he slides into it sometimes, especially when he was wearing the dress shoe, it's all about showmanship. And clearly, the highest paid movie star now in the world, I think, Three years running is The Rock. This move is the most electrifying move in sports <laughs> entertainment. I fucking love it. I would eat it up. It had suspense. It had build. The suspense, way he what's over. suspense? What's suspense? You know what's happening. And it's just, it's a standard elbow drop. It's it like sucks. the leg drop, but he sells it like a friggin' oh. carnival barker. And that's what they are. And that's why I love this. Love it. So this is a tough one for me because first instinct, I was like, jobber. Billy obviously makes a great case. But I will say, for The Rock being one of the greatest of all time, his finishing moves, dog shit, like, in theory. (laughs) He just obviously sells them. So 
I'm not putting it Hall of Fame. I don't even think I could do main event, but I guess I could put it kick out at two. So good luck figuring out where you actually want to put this. Uh, they have to be kick out at two. I'm just going to split the difference for now. That's just, I just, the like, I love The Rock. One of the best performers in the ring is finishes, like JC said, trash, trash. Oh my gosh. All right. So up next is you couldn't have a, a list of tier moves on the pop culture pile driver without the ladder of the name, the pile driver. JC, where do you put this one? Well, no disrespect to your name, but uh, I put this at kick out at two. It's a good move, but this is, I think, a lot more of a setup move than a finishing move for me. Bill? I mean, to quote the great Pete Rose, how about a pile driver? Uh, it's a great, great move. I think the only one who delivered it where it looked as vicious as it should be, besides rest his soul and almost paralyzing Steve Austin, like it was like a reverse tombstone pile driver, pile driver. Um, it's just, it's a little bit less. It's kind of like the DDT now. It's, it's, and you can't even really do it anymore, right? It's been outlawed. And so. I think it's a kick out at two now because it's become, you know, just everybody does it on the indie scenes. They do all sorts of jumping ones now and all crazy stuff. So it's become a little bit overrun, but it's still in its day when you saw it for the first time, it's like, wow, that could fucking kill a guy. And it almost killed Stone Cold. It almost did. The last time we saw it in a major way, realistically, was CM Punk versus John Cena and the, the cash-in on Raw 1000. I believe that was that match. Or that might have been the, the match to go to WrestleMania. Either way, it was a I Raw match. Cena might have broken out with AJ Styles in one of those matches, too. Don't recall. But he busted out everything in those, so I think so. Yeah, it's a good point. I remember being like, oh, shit. I think it was the SummerSlam with the Royal Rumble where I was just like, my God. And that was, yeah, that's an actual five-star match. Uh, the one thing I always get the name wrong. What's it called? The, the what's, what's the move that they like that um, Adam Cole's fin one of her like off finishers, like the California Sunrise. What do I always get that? Oh, the Heels. jumping one of these. Yeah, no, like I, I don't get how point. how those moves are able to be done, but like a straight pile driver, those ones are much more dangerous looking to me. But nonetheless, yeah, I get, really can't argue against this one being a kick out of two. It's become a move that's banned, and when it was being used, like Mick Foley had a good one because he held the shorts when he was mankind to pull him down, but never was a finisher. I don't even know anybody maybe since like the 70s that actually used it as a finisher. So I guess we'll, we'll, we'll let it land a kick out at two for now. Uh, up next, we have the power bomb, And this one could be from any power bomb you want. Diesel always, to me, looked the most ridiculous. And as I've listened to most podcasts now, nobody wanted to take Diesel's because or um, Psycho Sid because Diesel just let you go when you were in the air. There's a famous Bob Backlund story that he said, yeah, I'm not taking that. He took it the one time in Madison Square Garden. He was like, I'm never taking that again. Uh, so I'll start with you, JC. Where do you rank the powerbomb? I love the powerbomb. I've always been a fan of the powerbomb. But for me, when I look at this, especially with some of the, like a lot of guys use it. There's obviously been the main event guys. I love the KO version too, the pop-up powerbomb. I think there's a million ways to do it, but it's a lot of those like fringe heavyweight guys that really use it as a finish. So for me, I kind of lean to put it kick out at two, but I want to put it in main event. I just don't know if I can do it. Bill? Yeah, so like Sami Zayn, the Blue Thunder one, mm. I love, but it's not his finisher. It's a setup. That should be his finisher. Uh, the Razor's Edge, kind of slow and plotting. Doesn't hey, we're really... going to get there. We're going to get there. So don't different move similar type of move though uh ko if he had kept the pop-up powerbomb which he could do to almost anybody because he's a big dude uh you know i at one point was tending towards his size and i've kind of dialed back a little under 200 at this point you were not tending towards his size <laughs> i was i was tipping the scales at 205 like five years ago 
And Kevin Owens is over 300 pounds. Yeah, but he's also probably six something. I'm like barely 5'10". I'm 5'9", really, if we're being honest. If we're not going to check my dating site height. Um, <laughs> but I think if he kept that, it would be good. But I'm going to go kick out at two just because now everybody uses a powerbomb. Yeah, it, it, you know, it, it, we mentioned it like I really was a big fan of the last ride when The Undertaker used it. Just adding that extension of like pulling the the tights up just looked really great, looked a little more vicious. Uh, Batista made the powerbomb, except for the one time Booker T had a powerbomb himself at SummerSlam 2004. Used him like a pommel horse. Yeah, it was bad, <laughs> but he always made it look vicious. Right now you have a guy like Keith Lee using the spirit bomb, which looks awesome mm-hmm. he like throws the guy into the air catches him and slams him down you mentioned K- ko we talked about diesel's jackknife which is he basically try to kill people on a weekly oh. basis uh sid vicious it had a really good run but i think you guys kind of nailed it at the end of the day it's a kick out of two because nobody really uses it as finish even ko in his run a lot of people were kicking out of it he, that became his finisher during the, the kick out era especially of nxt so i'll let it land right now a kick out at two and you mentioned the Bob Backlund thing real quick and oh, yeah. how it was dangerous. And that's the other thing about Big Show. He's a gentle giant. When he delivered that vicious uh, like uh, choke slam, everybody said it was, you know, he just, he knew how to do it. He's a professional. Diesel was just a jackass. It was just literally tossing people when he got him up there. Uh, and up next, you mentioned it, Bill, so we'll start with you. The Razor's Edge. It's fine. I went back and watched it. It was one of the finishing moves I was actually going to put into the montage, and it was too slow moving for a montage. And as a guy who cuts montages like JC, I mean, you probably have two of the best editors. I'll say at least in New England here. Appreciate it. Like, it's too slow of a move to cut to a montage because he just kind of goes down slowly. And at the end, he kind of ramps it up a little bit. But I think this is kind of a, I mean, you need to be a big guy. Scott Hall is a monster, especially when you saw him as the cowboy way back in the day. He was one of the biggest guys fucking ever built like a brick shithouse. But I would give this kick out at two, maybe even a jobber. Wow. JC, what do you say? So uh, I believe Seamus, this is also his finisher. I think he called it the Celtic cross. But again, Billy kind of hit on it with the slow moving part. I want to put this in main event because, you know, it's Razor's Edge, man. Come on. It's like, cool. You know, it's. Just want to put sunglasses on. It's like you're cool, man. <laughs> uh, but I tend to agree. I think it will end up a kick out at two, and that's probably where it belongs. All right. I don't really have an argument to get out of it. I, I don't see I think it's we definitely have interesting takes here because I don't mind these slower or setups, but at the end of the day, it just doesn't look as vicious on a consistent basis. Love that you mentioned that it's part of Seamus's repertoire. I feel like we could do a whole tier list just on Seamus's moves. Oh, yeah. Best um, move set in the game. It really <laughs> is noise, true. baby. Let's go. Seriously, you got the Celtic cross, you got the mm-hmm. Celtic. Uh what's the the fin- what's his um Cloverleaf? Cloverleaf, thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, he's right up there with Triple H as some of the best like move mm-hmm. sets that there's ever been. And that's why him and The Undertaker all have interesting matches because sometimes they can finish it with not their finisher finisher and mm-hmm. one of their finisher finishers. And you know what I'm talking about if you're a wrestling fan. Yeah, kind of. All right. So <laughs> um, up next, this is going to be, I think, an interesting one. This fits all the, the things you men have mentioned this entire time. JC and Billy have been saying, I like things when they come out of nowhere. I like this when it comes out of nowhere. Well, there's no move that's been hashtagged more without a nowhere than the RKO. So JC, where do you place this one? <laughs> this is Hall of Fame. This is, if you really put a gun to my head and maybe name my favorite oh. finish of all time, I think I'd probably say the RKO. Because this also can give you what you like too, Rossi. You can set this up slowly with his maniacal and his little his arms and everything. Or like, you know, because Randy Orton is just so freaking good. So why would his finisher not be the most versatile finisher there is? So for me, without a doubt, 
this is the epitome of a Hall of Fame finish. Bill? I love this. It's a Hall of Famer, no doubt. It's a GOAT. Uh, first ballot. I mean, RKOing the internet. Everything that Randy Orton does just is is perfect. He slinks around like a snake. He's no wasted movements. As JC said, it can come out of nowhere or he can set it up by slamming his fists. I think Nestle once told a story one time where he broke like a knuckle trying to do that. So now he doesn't do it as hard, but everything about this finish is magical. I think the best one ever, my favorite one is when he hits Hulk Hogan on the car. Oh my God. (laughs) What a feud. And like he does it to his family, his wife does it to him, his kids do it to him, he does it to his kids in the pool. Who it's doesn't just, do it in the pool themselves? Oh, Hang with your friend. I'd it's let, unreal. I'd take from anyone. <laughs> it's the safest move to take, especially if you're diving into a pool. <laughs> but with that being said, I think what you're talking about that uh, Nestle move that might have been how he uh, ended up with twins. But that's a story for another time. You can tell. But I would say here that that you guys are right. You nailed it. It is a Hall of Fame. It is, I would say, the most popular and most viral move that wrestling's ever had. And it's crazy because there's some big ones we're going to get to. But when you were a kid, there was a different move you did all the time and you mess around mm-hmm. with your friends. But when it comes to like the modern era, like I know people that I say, oh, I'm a wrestling fan. They'll say, like, oh, RKO. And I'm like, how does that wrestling and then the letters RKO come to be? And now I love how Randy Orton has turned it into the most devastating three letters in wrestling. It's like that's an excellent way to term it because it is the one of the more popular things. So it is going in there at the Hall of Fame, and I don't think that one's getting a budge. And every professional wrestling franchise besides the WWE has pretty much been a three-letter entity, and mm-hmm. RKO is arguably one of – it's more popular than 90% of any wrestling promotion that's ever lived. That's actually a very good point. point. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next up is the running power slam made quote unquote famous from the British bulldog to Braun Strowman. Now currently using it. Billy, what do you think of this one? This is the ultimate, ultimate jobber move. (laughs) And when I saw that this was his finish, I was furious. In fact, I think I was at JC's apartment when he debuted as solo Braun and he came out with a roar. What is this? And I slowly bought into it, but he has the worst fucking finisher. It looks so safe and he's probably a very good wrestler and keeps it safe for the guys. But the way he tucks them in and just gently puts them down, I'm like, come on. This guy is devastating. He had that like reverse choke slam for a little while that Mm -hmm. I fucking loved. It's like spiking somebody the wrong way. It was like a Gronk spike. I loved that. So this is Jobber all the way. That made that made James Ellsworth famous right there. Um, <laughs> JC, what do you think of this one? Uh, I think it's on the fringe of kick out at two and Jobber because there is the one thing where if like if Braun Strowman did this to me, it actually landed his weight on me. I'm dead. Like I'm, yeah. I'm a pancake. <laughs> but Billy's right. He puts him down gently, which is what you want him to do. So I don't have an argument against Jobber, but I'd probably lean kick out at two. Yeah, I'm going to have to put it at Jobber. I just think just stacking the lines here. And I, even to go back to British Bulldog, he actually made it look real good for a little while. It just, I don't think people really associate it very much or him really having a finisher. Um, but it's, it's the Braun Strowman side of it is like, there's the two sides. Bill, you mentioned the reverse choke slam, which I, I wish he just still used as part of his moveset. And I think Braun Strowman's become such a good wrestler and, and such a, you know, like the look, everything about him, it's all starting to come into place. It's had its ups and downs, but like that is his finisher just doesn't do it, especially where it's kind of just like he picks him up and only takes like two steps. It doesn't like he runs from the corner over. It's not overly devastating looking, but a hundred percent with JC, if he puts me in, I'm, I'm a pancake. There's a lot of blubber that's getting poured out of my sides. 
Uh, so, but at the end of the day, we'll, we'll, we'll land it in as jobber. There are ways to sell moves like that to make it look more devastating. And I don't think he puts in the effort. Like the British Bulldog used to let go and then kind of make it look like he whipped him in the ground. Braun Strowman literally, and I, kudos to him for being safe, but just kind of like gently cradles them to the ground and it doesn't look devastating. Yeah. No bigger one that he did than against Goldberg at WrestleMania. That was just like, he almost like, I feel like he held his head. He looked like me trying to put my baby to bed. It was like the softest thing I've ever seen. All right. We're coming down to the nitty gritty here. The sharpshooter. JC, what do you think of this one? Oh, you want to start with me on this one? I fortunately I do. So I'm a submission shamer. Cause you know, what doesn't get me excited. A good submission. The sharpshooter is good. And obviously it's made famous by one of the, I know a lot of people's favorites of all time, including my tag team partner, Nestlemania. Uh, so for me, it's hard for me to, I, I like, you guys are going to want to put in Hall of Fame or main event. It's going to be hard for me to argue against it. But for me, all submission finishes, put them in fucking jobber because it's boring, man. I like the flashiness. I like the excitement. And the sharpshooter doesn't do it for me. Sorry. Jobber all the way. What? And what Bret Hart is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. And now I'm going to go against the JC and Nestle version here. Every time he won a big match, except maybe Yokozuna, it was always a roll-up, some kind of weird finish. He never won with the sharpshooter really, really big matches. And that's why I loved Bret Hart, because you never knew how the match was going to end. It wasn't always the sharpshooter. He had the five moves of doom with the jobbers on the weekends. But for the most part, he was getting somebody in a sleeper hole. Like somebody got him in a sleeper hole. He reversed it, flipped him over, pinned him one, two, three. That's why I love Bret Hart. To me, submissions... Unless it's like a Sasha Banks one where she hits you with a backcracker the and, yeah. and, and then puts yep. you in the bank statement. That, to me, looks vicious. This is slow and plotting, and I know we don't have the figure four on here. But, like, that to me has been reversed. Ric Flair never won a big match with that either. So, to me, unless it's, like, followed by a move, like, it's right before a big move and then into a submission, I don't like submissions. Uh, you guys are both clearly insane, but that, that's fine. I, I can't, I, I'll be just bringing up my, my pull up here. I'll just, I, I, this is insane to me. It's not only an awesome finisher, Billy, you say he never won big matches. I don't know. Have you ever heard of the match against Mr. Perfect when it put him on the map to win the IC title at WrestleMania? Tw- uh, 1991. Okay, so it's not main event. It's, but still, that was the big win. That was the signature <laughs> win for Bret Hart. That's what put this man on the tier to come up. That was the move. I agree. All of his matches have screwy finishes. They don't, it really doesn't make any sense. They he was the origi- original wacky roll-up guy. He, he was also the guy who won the goddamn title because freaking Yokozuna slipped on a banana peel on the second rope. Stupidest finish of the history of wrestling. But nonetheless, I got no argument. I'm just pissed off at the both of you for disrespecting <laughs> not only – not Bret Hart, the Hart legacy. This finishing move, my God, it was – I just – I can't. I couldn't believe it. But Two uh, of my favorite wrestlers ever, CM Punk – and Bret Hart have meh finishes, but like the oh, rest man. of their moves and repertoire and the way they carried themselves, Hall of Fame level, their finishing moves lack a lot. But you like the rocks, goddamn, at people's elbows. Because he sold the fuck out of it. Like that, he didn't that sell it. he just did it. Oh, no, everybody. Least, uh, to Billy's defense, sh- that move is at least flashy. There's nothing flashy about a submission. The only submission that I really like would get excited for, for some reason, I always like the crossface. I put mm. that low too, but that was the one. Like just watching some guys, like nose get wrenched, especially like when Benoit did it. I just that's the only one for me that I kind of. I enjoyed. will besides say that all these figure four, nah, doesn't do it. Besides any of the like the moves that we're like we're saving the big ones, I think for late. But the other moves that we're getting to, I put more people in this move than anything else. And guess what? Doesn't really hurt, especially like you know, like I once reversed a figure four on somebody. It's one of the highlights of literally my life. 
I once hooked a guy, got him into a pin. And that's why I love a roll-up, because I actually was able to hold him down for a long time in a roll-up. And I just don't like the I don't like the submission finishes. I just don't. I'm just curious for, for JC on this one, because I think this is one that actually excites me. What about the Oscar lock? What do you think of the Oscar lock? <sighs> she All hits right. it out of nowhere. I, I, Billy. Okay. I, I, I like Oscar, but yeah, there's just something about her. There's not as always the excitement there, especially at the end of her matches. Okay. All right. Up next is a oh sorry, the shooting star press. Uh, I think the most famous one is when Brock Lesnar almost paralyzed himself at WrestleMania 19, <laughs> but not necessarily the move you're looking for. Evan Bourne uh, made this thing look good recently. Uh, re- well, Matt Seidel making an appearance at AW, slipping on a rope, not looking so hot there either. But uh, what do you guys think of this one? Billy, we'll start with you. Kick out at two. It's a great move. It's showy, but no main eventer has really ever had this move, mainly because main eventers are bigger dudes, and you just mentioned Brock Lesnar almost killing himself doing it, (laughs) but it's like a Billy Kidman lower type of level guy. So typically they're not winning bigger match, big matches unless it's a guy that's a little lower on the totem pole than them. JC? Yeah, so this is definitely a much, this is like the anti-submission. It's flashy, like it's like the ooh, ah, looking at it, but it's a kick out at two because if one of these guys who's like a star of the mid card does this to a main eventer, they're kicking out. So it belongs right there in that kick out at two category. All right. I have no argument on either one of those. I agree. It's never been, not that I want a main eventer necessarily, but you could see like, uh, you know, Neville now, uh, Pac, you know, he uses the, the black arrow, red arrow. That's insanely attractive and, and, and great looking move. Uh, five. So yeah, you mentioned Billy Kidman. Like we're talking about Billy Kidman here. So I think that kind of sums it up. Um, next up is, uh, I'm interested in your guys' takes on this, the spear JC, we'll start with you. So this one's tough, obviously, because everyone uses a spear. It's been used as a setup. It's used by some of like the biggest stars as their finish. So it's one of those that's really hard to grade. But the one thing about it is, it, again, it has that come out of nowhere. You can also set it up. So it does have that nice mix. So for me, I'd probably put it in main event, but I think this one could be all over the map. Yeah. Bill, you want to go? You want me to go? Billy really hates it. I got to go kick it. I do. I got to go kick out of two here because other than like, Cause you really need the other guy to be a willing participant and DDP said it again in that thing. And I would encourage everybody to go find it. Him talking about wrestling Goldberg, you kind of got to go like a napkin here and let the guy take you and slam you. And a lot of the times they don't, it doesn't look as realistic as it should. If somebody really came at that full speed and hit you, Roman Reigns delivers a pretty good spear edges. It's all about the participant Goldberg's it's like a setup move. It's a finishing move. What is it? It's a kick out of two. Yeah, I would even argue it's a jobber. Even though I understand it's used by some of the biggest people, I actually really like how Charlotte uses it, but I also think it's because what Billy said, the women who she's in the ring with sell it so well, they like fold. Uh, I, I never liked it for Edge. I actually hated it at some points for Edge. I just didn't. I just don't look at him and be like, oh, he's going to tackle you and that's going to be it. Never just never did it for me. Totally understand the move, the popularity. Roman Reigns kind of lifted it back up a little bit. It was a setup move for Goldberg for years till. They were scared to let him do the jackhammer on some people. So I guess we'll have to put it. JC, where'd you say again? Did you say teeter on main event? Or I put it say- in main event, but I think kick out at two is the right place for it. Yeah, I think that's kind of sums up where we put that one. All right. So we're down to the finals here. Here's a big one. The stunner. Billy, what do you think? You're wearing the shirt. So Ooh. it would be a main event if it was delivered by anybody else but Stone Cold. And you also have to take account the people selling it. So 
on its own, and I hate the kick he does half half of the time. The kick he does to set it up is half-hearted and doesn't come anywhere near them. But it's stone cold. The the place the roof blows off anytime he does it. The Shane sell of it. Uh, the Rock sell of it every single time. Scott Hall sell of it. To me, this is the move of all moves. I once had a kid come into my English class. I didn't know him. He was in an older grade. I was in ninth grade. He came in and stunned the fucking professor in a in a uh, in a leather. <laughs> like a uh, vest with nothing on underneath it. The, the professor didn't sell it, but uh, he got furious and kicked him out. But that's how legendary this move was. I mean, it was everywhere. Everybody tried to do it. Everybody did it to their friends. And I would sell that. Like if you did this to me at a wedding on the dance floor, I would sell this like the rock. I'd be kicking everywhere. <laughs> JC, I don't really know what to say about that teacher situation. I have so many questions, but I'm just not going to ask them. Uh, <laughs> JC, what do you say? So if the RKO is one A for me, this is one B and it is a, um, like 90% because of Stone Cold, but it's just such a fun move. Again, you can kind of set it up or you can just do it out of nowhere. So I think it's just another one of those versatile moves. It's obviously when you, when people talk about wrestling, it's one of the first things to come up. So for me, it has to be Hall of Fame. I don't think there's much debate about it. I do agree with everything Billy said, but it's Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, it, there's not much more to say. The cells are great. I don't care as much about the kick. I don't care about how he executed it early when he used to just grab necks. Looks like he was literally trying to break people's chins awesome move everything about it it is the most popular i think move of all time when it comes to wrestling people know it and it just rolled so well stone cold stunner not a big fan to be honest of kevin owens using it besides the point it's a hall of famer all right up next Shawn michaels sweet chin music don't discount super kicks jc what do you think so Shawn michaels is i think the greatest of all time I love unless if I go with Randy Orton, we'll see. He's not done yet, so I have time to decide on that take. But the sweet chin music, like, is my childhood. Like watching those matches, waiting for it when he starts dialing it up. It was just like I want it, I want it. But here comes the problem: it's the super kick, and mm. the super kick is probably the most overused move in wrestling. I mean, the Young Bucks literally they just they made a party out of it <laughs> where they do thirty a match. So, as like Shawn Michaels' version, sure you could put it in the Hall of Fame, but if the super kick, I think, drags it down the main event for me. Bill? At one point, I mean, and this is my favorite, number one, as JR would say, with a bullet, tuning up the band. Everything that he does to create this is great, but it's been it's been the least protected move in all of wrestling. I know everybody else does it. There's so many moves. Like, there's a super kick party, as JC said. So the way he does it, the way he delivers it, I mean, I came out to the song at my wedding, uh, you know, didn't end well there, but uh, it's a you great. Kicked out it too, Bill. You kicked, I out, kicked out it too. <laughs> it's a great, great, great move. But I'm. I, I thought I was going to be the only one here. It's a main event move now. Maybe even a little bit lower, but it has to be main event because the way Shawn Michaels delivers yes. it. But it's just everyone does it. It's the least protected move in the world, so it kind of has lost its luster over the year. And me and Nestle uh, of the Jabberknocker podcast take a drink that used to be our old thing would do this in the hallways all the time. He'd give him a super, I'd give him a super kick. He'd give me one. We always said we were going to do one in the back of a news hit. If anyone ever quit and he'd be holding a bunch of papers and like, I would just kick him in the face and he'd throw the papers up in the air. It's a fun move to deliver when he, when he hit that guy in the hallway, Doug, like I just kicked Doug or whatever the hell it was. It's a great move, but it's overused. Yeah, it, it, it really has died a slow death. It's the definition of kick out at two. Like in reality, I think it's a main event based on, you know, you mentioned Shawn Michaels making it like a, such a credible move. And it just, it is unfortunate because I think Dolph Ziggler won with it like randomly on a Raw last year in the lead up to SummerSlam. And it was the first time, there was some stat I saw on like Wrestling Info that was the first time a super kick by in a singles match ended 
like a match in like 15 years, something crazy like that. And, and you mentioned all the tag teams from the Usos. Like everybody mm-hmm. has one. Uh, there's several women that use super kicks just out of nowhere. And they don't always look good either. That's the other thing. A super kick can look real bad at times, but I think we can settle this one at a main event based on Shawn Michaels and his legacy. I think DIY used it as their finisher for a little while in like the tag team realms as well. So, and it created the biggest like disappointment in my life at WrestleMania 12 when I was a child, when he hit the super kick and pinned him out of nowhere. I was, I was devastated as a child, but he became one of my favorite wrestlers, but it's just overused piece of shit. All right. So uh, (laughs) down to the final two here, this one, we talk about protection for a long time till the very end. The Tombstone Piledriver from The Undertaker-Kane. Billy? It's main event. It's tough not to give it main event because the way The Undertaker did it, for a while, it was the most protective move. I mean, Undertaker was probably the most protected superstar ever Mm. for a while. So it's hard not to give it at least main event. JC? I'm putting this in Hall of Fame because when I look at this move, to flip someone over and drop them on their head and pretty much break their neck, that's that you, you don't get much better than that in terms of like believability and just in terms of effectiveness, like that literally knocks someone out. Cause you're just crunching their head on the mat. So for me, I would argue, I'd put this in the hall of fame. Um, we don't see it used as much anymore, which I think helps it kind of gain its luster back. Cause I agree by the end there, it kind of did lose it, but I think it's kind of got that back now that it's not used as much. I agree. I put in the Hall of Fame as well. So we put the two of us putting up there because you mentioned it. Yeah. And you know what the other thing was? When it was kicked out of, the one thing aside from like the F5s, it's not a quick pin. It's not like move executed, quick pin. It was execution, fold Hold one arm, arms, fold the other, wait. And so you kind of wait on bated breath. Like, is he going to kick out? Is he not? Especially those Shawn Michaels Triple H matches towards the end. The CM Punk had one of the best kickouts of it because I really thought like, no, nah, they're not going to protect CM Punk that much. When he kicked out of it, Real excellent stuff there in the, the end of his, uh, well, undefeated streak run, you could say. But overall, I agree. Hall of Fame. So we're down to the final move on this set of uh, the tier list, the wrestling finisher tier list. It's the Walls of Jericho. I already know where you're going, JC, so I'll go to you first. What's up, jobbers? It's a submission. <laughs> and this submission, like, this is the one that you can easily put your friends in. And, yeah, it, do, it does hurt a little if you kind of lean into it. But at the same time, you want to talk about an easy move to reverse Anyone can get out of the walls of Jericho. It's it worked great for Jericho because the way he sold it, it was great. It looked it looks good for him, but this is the definition to me of a jobber finish. Billy? Again, one of the all-time goats with a submission finisher. And for a while, he wasn't even doing the knee in the back. He got rid of that for a while. That was the lion tamer. I don't know if they didn't want to call it that because of WCW or whatever the rub was with that. But for the longest time, he wasn't even doing it the most devastating way. And like JC said, if you're ever put in the old school Boston Crab, which it was for a long time, that's the easiest thing ever to get out of. And by the way, it doesn't hurt. It probably stretches out a good amount. So it's a jobber, <laughs> jobber, jobber, jobber all the way. I absolutely love the move. Doesn't matter what the hell I say. All right. So we've kind of placed everything here. We don't have to review it necessarily. So we each get one up, one down. Anything you see here that jumps off the board to you can jump in. For me, I'm, first of all, I'm just going to start this. I'm no, taking... I think we let the guests go first. Guests got to go first. Oh, I don't screw the guest anyways all right jc who do you you can choose one up one down first so uh can we just can we just uh, review the hall of fame so we can set yes, the precedent sorry. of how okay sorry this I, the reason i'm doing it is because visually it's hard to remember yes, what these are but but... both four i think we just need to hear because yes. okay, so right in the hall yes that's true there is four in the hall of fame is the glenn slam the rko the stone cold stunner and the tombstone pile driver 
So those moves are the goats. They're amazing. But all those moves, Rossi, mm-hmm. they've been kicked out of. You know what hasn't? The end of days. Move it up to the Hall of Fame, baby. Baron Corbin, future WWE Hall of Famer. Probably what the one, Christ? Never been kicked out of. How is it not Hall of Fame? Never been kicked out of. Probably never will be. Because he's, Baron Corbin he's will play. take the L, but he will ah. not let anyone kick out of his finish. Ah. All right. So I'm just going to go second because I was on a podcast <laughs> a long time. I'm going to be sick. And I wasn't a part of the name. So I'm going to take the glam slam and I'm going to move it down just because I think it's a phenomenal move. But I actually like a few other female finishers way better. I think the Eclipse, if it was on this list, I would put it in the Hall of Fame because it's devastating and awesome. So that will be my first move I make. So Rossi, it's on you, buddy. All right. The, the, I, I cannot go to sleep tonight. I lost my Sharona last week. It still has a bad taste in my mouth. Bret Hart is not going in anything with the name job or listed on it. Nothing he's ever done. I'm trying to see if he did any of these other moves in general, but um, I'm going to have to take two of my favorites of all time. Jericho and Bret Hart just sitting next to each other in a jobber category literally <laughs> is making my skin crawl. So I'm going to take Bret Hart out of jobber and put him in kick out it too. It still hurts. It still well, I hurts. thought you'd go higher than that. And I can't know. You only can go one category. Oh, okay, you, can, okay. you can't jump it all the way. All, all right, right. So, so JC, you get to move something down now. Oh, Oh man, I didn't even I didn't consider this one. Um yeah, I'm trying to see the picture. And you here. don't have to. You don't have to, but I don't where did we end up on uh like the leg drop? The leg drop is in jobber. So okay, the jobbers, so- I'll I'll recap for you. Jobbers are the DDT, the KO punch, the leg drop, the uh, uh the running power slam in the walls of Jericho. I honestly, I don't think I have much of a problem in terms of moving stuff down. I think the ones that are jobbers deserve to be jobbers, and I think they kick out at twos are right where they belong. So I'm going to stand pat in this one. Okay. Billy? I'm going to move up because I have my move up. Oh, I'm going to move the people's elbow up to the main event. This is unbelievable. It's Ugh. the fucking goddamn rock, and he delivered it. He looked great doing it. He was the most electrifying person, the people's elbow, the corporate elbow. Everything he did, he sold. You could literally put a fucking piece of crap in his hands and he would sell it to you because he's the rock. Oh, and that's Billy. why that move is fucking electrifying. You say piece of crap. He once rock bottom, the British bulldog <laughs> on a pile of crap. So I guess you have a good point. Listen, there's no disrespect to the rock himself, the performer. It just, that move, it just irked me that that was the end. Uh, I'm just trying to peek here. Is there anything else really to move down? I don't really think so. Uh, I think this list looks good. I think we did a hell of a job. Uh, I'm going to put a link out on Twitter at Pop Culture PD, um, so you can actually do this list yourself. We'll put ours in there. You can feedback, give us your thoughts, concerns, worries with what we did here. But uh, I think we did a hell of a job here, boys. We put I in, think we it put looks great. Work. We got a, a Mount Rushmore of moves at the top, and then we have a middle link pack, and then a couple of shitty job moves. And we also have Baron Corbin in there too, somewhere at the top. I don't know. Never what's been going picked on. out of. I knew JC was going there. And I yep. totally agree. Undefeated. Uh, yeah, sure. All right. Well, that'll do it here. Um, oh, I don't want to be there. Um, JC, where can the fine folks find you on Twitter and the podcast? You can find me on Twitter at JC of the JK, but Nestle, Nestlemania. He runs the at Jobberknocker accounts. You should follow that as well because that's where all the important information comes out. We also have a website, jobberknocker.com, that has a lot of good stuff to check out all the time. Predictions, weekly recaps of the shows. We don't really have time to hit on the podcast every week. So iTunes Jobberknocker is the main one, but we're available on a million others too. 
Love it. And make sure you guys, if you're getting over there, hit them up with a five-star review. These are hardworking gentlemen just like us and that you want to hit it. You got to show a little bit of love to the jobber knocker just like you want to leave it here for the pop culture pile driver. This week in the Shared Gooniverse. I believe that Mac and Goo reviewed the 1986 movie Aliens. They did. And then I don't know what anybody else. Oh, Dork did um cobra kai cobra kai which i have not listened to because they're doing stuff that i want to see but i'm just like i don't have i can't watch anything lately so uh cobra kai looks dope and then uh changed my mind i think i listened to the podcast but i already forget what it was about they did devil all the time yep they did indeed and then <laughs> um tldr probably reviewed some comics I haven't listened to that one yet so uh i did a hell of a job i can't get into the google doc yet all right, I'll have to figure out a way to just send it to you. I'll send you a screenshot. But nonetheless, Bill, so next month, Bill, we do September sweeps. JC, I hope you know how 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 important you are to wrap up our September sweeps. He's the closer. You're the closer. You're the I'm closer. Everywhere you, everywhere you want to be. I'm yeah. honored. And you know what? It's right at the end of the month, too. It's Main beautiful. event. Main event. The uh, main event. So- it should be wrestling. Yeah, you're like Baron Corbin's end of days. There you go. Never, never lost. <laughs> So uh, we we went, Bill, uh, let's real quick, Bill, let's look at this. We started off the month with the Disney song draft with Shime and Goo. Then we went into the, um, what the heck do we even do now? Oh, then we did The Office, right? We did The Office review of season one and two, which was a goddamn disaster. And then we had, well, that was including Fryer and um, Rich Keefe. And then we had the top 11 fast food items, and that was including Doc and Mac. And last week we had the One Hit Wonders draft, again with Davey. And um, Wes, and this week we wrapped up with JC, one half of the Jobber Knocker, with the wrestling tier list. I'm not asking for your favorite, Bill, but I'd say it was a hell of a month. I would say it was a month full of controversy because every podcast we did, people were furious with us. And I think we are the podcast of controversy officially now. Bill, are you messing with the thing or is that like somebody else coming? I in have no more control. Okay. I didn't even see JC in the chat earlier, so I, I don't have the power. I need to talk to Wes okay. to get the uh, pro count. No, I got it. I got it here. But I think someone else is in here because the artwork <laughs> keeps moving around. And I'm like, Bill, are you messing? Oh, not even happening today. Not today, my friends. Um, but anyway, so just to wrap up here, Bill, uh, ne- we have October coming up. And JC, you do you, are you a horror movie guy at all? Do you dip into that realm? I like a good horror movie. Okay. I'm more of a slasher guy, but I like the horrors too. So so let me ask you, because this is next month we're going to do, we're going to balance out some stuff. But Bill is not, that's not his genre of movie. He's not a big horror guy. If mm-hmm. you had to think of like, two movies that you would suggest bill see what would they be off the top of your head it's okay i mean i I think you just got to go with the simple ones some of the ogs like halloween or the screams like just just the the cookie cutter immediate ones you think of because they're there for a reason man they're popular i'm trying to think of something that i think would actually make bill like disturbed and i was thinking like texas chainsaw massacre that would probably yeah yeah Everything uh, scares yeah. the absolute beans out of yeah. me. I know uh, my former roommate, Kevin, would watch a lot of them with his uh, girlfriend, Lauren. Every time they would put one on, I'd be like, all right, guys, end of my room. But Even you know what? Like, Stranger Things is my level of scary. Like, Scream is probably my hands-down favorite horror movie. I love that movie. I think it's just a great movie, period. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like Jaws as well, but that's more of a suspense horror. Mm-hmm. If it's straight up like gruesome horror, I know Mac and Goo are talking about like the grossness. If it's got gross in it, you want to see my reactions, I'll have this camera. I'll have it recording. Well, you will see me cringe, look away, get up, walk <laughs> away, like Fryer watching an episode of the fucking office. So if you want that, you're, you're going to get it. 
I think, Bill, one thing I really would, I, I almost want to is have you watch The Human Centipede. Oh, no. Dude, <clears throat> I watched the Tosh.0 review of it where he talked about it, which was longer than the movie, and I was sick <laughs> to my stomach about him talking about it. It's one of the more, like, uh, disgusting pieces of film that's ever been, like, at least massively released. Um, yeah, that'll do it. JC, I really appreciate you jumping on here, being a part of the show. Uh, hopefully we can connect again. We'll, we'll uh, you know, like we said, there's some debate season. We're in debate season. Maybe we can do Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart. Kind of, there's a whole Ooh. lot of info. We'll have to get Nestle in for that one. Oh, it has to. I know he to. was super bummed he couldn't make it, but as you I know. know. He's got his hands full, literally, with a uh, double yeah. dose of kids. So. Two. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> so, obviously, again, check them out at the Jobber Knocker. Appreciate you being on with us tonight, JC. Thank you, my friends. All right, Bill. That'll do it for us. We'll be back next week. October starts. Dorktober 5. We're a part of that shit now. So, uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, wherever you find a podcast. Follow us at Pop Culture PD, and we will catch you all next week. Be well. Frank says hi. <laughs>